0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus had a habit of telling stories with an unexpected twist ending. Today's gospel is a great example of that. There are two men, one rich and the other one a beggar, and they both die. The rich man goes to the flames of Hades and the poor man goes to heaven. Many, to, uh, many people at the time of Christ, and this is probably just as true today, tended to assume that material wealth was a sign that you were favored by God. And likewise, that if you were poor or miserable, that, you might, ha- that might be an indication that God is displeased with you. So it was surprising when Jesus tells the story of the rich man and Lazarus, that it's the beggar, the poor man, who goes to the angels while the rich man, the man of status, is sent to torment. If you stood the rich man and Lazarus beside one another when they were alive and asked the question, which one would you rather be? I'm sure most people said, I'd rather be the rich man with his purple clothing and his soft cloths and his bed and his uh, sumptuous food on the table. And I'm pretty sure that no one would have selected Lazarus with his ripped garments and uh, his ribs showing because of lack of food, malnourishment, and his oozing sores. Years ago, my parents and I were on a family vacation. I think I actually told this anecdote to my students, some of whom are here today, just a few days ago. <laughs> it's a coincidence. Uh, years ago, my parents and I we were on a family vacation, and we were at the pool in a Holiday Inn uh, one of the days. And I don't know how this happened, but my mother started up a conversation with a stranger at the pool. And I, I don't remember all of what was said, but what I recall very, very distinctly is that the man said something like, doesn't the Bible say that the Lord helps those who help themselves? And my mother, uh, being on it, uh, really with it, my mother said, no, that's Benjamin Franklin. She says, that's uh, true. She says, I believe the Lord helps those who can't help themselves. The name Lazarus literally means, he whom God helps. The rich man, he feared, loved, and trusted in material wealth above all things. But Lazarus, who had none of those things, knew that he needed God in his life. And that made all the difference. The rich man was, (laughs) this always amuses me with this text, the rich man was just so used to being indulged, he had just this sense of privilege that even while sitting in Hades, he expected Lazarus to come and wait on him and take care of him and dip your finger in water and touch my tongue. But during his life on earth, did the rich man ever take notice of Lazarus and his need to lift him up? To maybe give him a cup of cool water or something to eat, even the scraps from his table, as Lazarus had hoped, or to shoo away those dogs pestering his sores. There's more to life than what money can buy. Money can buy you diamond rings, but it cannot buy you love. And money cannot buy happiness, though this theory has been tested by many, many people. It's no sin to own money or possess money. We need money. Money is good. But it is sinful to be selfish. And a man with abundant wealth like this one, who lives uh, sumptuously with every possible luxury and still ignores the needs of the sick and homeless man laid at his doorstep is Jesus' prime example of a selfish man. As John wrote, how can you love God whom you have not seen if you can't love the man whom you do see? Death is not a respecter of persons. The rich man and the poor man each lived different lives, but they had one thing in common. They both died. C.S. Lewis once wrote, that he came across a tombstone with the epitaph, here lies an atheist, all dressed up and no place to go. <laughs> now, most likely the man who had that carved on his headstone meant it as some kind of a you know, weird joke, um, but uh, it's not a laughing matter. Everyone goes somewhere. There's recent polling data that shows that about 70% of Americans Believe in the literal existence of a real hell. Interestingly, about 6% of those respondents said that they expected to go there. It's kind of sad, right? If that's even, if they're not joking. Being saved is not about being a good person or doing the right thing or having all the answers or having a lot of money or status amongst your peers. I'm sure that when the rich man died, his family went to the funeral and said many nice things about what a good man he was. But that apparently didn't help him when he needed it. It's not about those things. It's about being aware of our helplessness. It's about acknowledging our need for God to be reconciled to God because of our sins. It's about being united with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ in the Holy Sacrament of Baptism so that His death and resurrection become our death and resurrection. Because He rose from the dead, we who are baptized into Him have the same Spirit within us, will likewise be raised from the dead and live a new life in glory. The last words written by Martin Luther, the reformer, uh, were found in a little scrap of paper stuffed into his pocket when he died. And he had scribbled on a, just a scrap. He said, we are all beggars, this is true. Yeah, we are all Lazarus. We are the beggars on the steps in the front of the palace, lying in our own waste, pitied by even the dogs. We are truly beggars in the sense that we come before God empty-handed, Like the old song says, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. We have nothing to offer God but sin, and sickness, and decay, and pus, and dirt. But in the great exchange of the gospel, uh, Luther used the word great exchange. Sometimes it's uh, translated uh, uh, the felicitous exchange. I like to use the word the sweet swap. Jesus takes our sin and decay and death onto Himself so that they become His own. And He gives his, us His righteousness and life so that they become our own. Unlike the rich man in the story, Jesus takes pity on us. He, he is not walk past the beggar. His compassion moved Him such to take action on our behalf. He doesn't just sort of send thoughts, right? The glorious king of the universe, to him be all glory, honor, and might, and praise. He suffered humiliation of being stripped naked in public and beaten with rods, and he suffered the fiery torment of Hades on the cross, not as a penalty for his own sins, for he had none, but for you and your sins and mine and for all. He suffered on the cross for you, and he died for you and me. Jesus is the rich man who descended from his sumptuous fare to become the poor man, to become Lazarus and take on himself the poverty of all mankind. It was surprising to hear that the rich man went to Hades and the poor man flew with angels, but what a Surprise, a heart-wrenching, tear-jerking, hilarious, holy surprise that God's one eternal Son hung on a cross so that we beggars can fly, so that we miserable sinners can recline on Abraham's bosom, and more than that, so that we children of God can feast at the king's banquet. According to tradition, when the British army led by General Cornwallis, surrendered to George Washington at Yorktown in 1781, the British brand played a song called The World Turned Upside Down. It says this, If ponies rode men, and if grass ate the cows, and cats should be chased into holes by the mouse, if summer were spring and the other way round, then all the world would be turned upside down. That's how it was for them in their defeat. Sin has turned God's good creation upside down, calling good evil and evil good. But Jesus Christ is in the business of making all things new, and he turns everything right side up again. Now, those who are happy standing on their heads and and, and prefer the distortions of creation that the world applauds, well, for them, the reversal that Jesus brings is a surprise. It might even be disorienting or painful. But for the poor, for the weary, for the sin-burdened, God is going to set things right, the things that had gone wrong. He will make all sad things untrue. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God which passes understanding keep your hearts and minds in true faith unto life everlasting.